What's up, what's up? Welcome back to Cinematic Minds and to our 33rd episode. <clears throat> In this episode, we will be focusing on the career of Carrie Washington, one of the most talented actresses of our time. Hosted by us three siblings, Ed, Theo, and Malcolm Hollingsworth. In this episode, we will take a look at her journey to stardom and her impact on the entertainment industry. But before we get into the details of her career, Let's take a moment to discuss one of her most iconic films, Ray, released in 2004. Directed by Taylor Hackford and starring an incredible cast that includes Jamie Foxx, Kerry Washington, Regina King, Curtis Armstrong, and Harry Lennox, this biographical drama follows the life of Ray Charles, one of the greatest musicians of all time. The film explores his rise to fame, struggles with drug addiction, and his impact on the music industry. Ray was a critical and commercial success and earned Jamie Foxx an Academy Award for Best Actor. After discussing Ray, us Hollinsworth brothers delve into Kerry Washington's impressive filmography from a breakout role in Save the Last Dance to a critically acclaimed performances in The Last King of Scotland, Django Unchained, The Butler, American Son, and Little Fires Everywhere. They also discuss her activism and advocacy work, including her involvement with the Time's Up movement and her efforts to increase diversity and representation in Hollywood. We also touch on how Kerry Washington has paved the way for other actors of color in the industry and how her talent and activism have made her a respected figure in Hollywood. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. So first, our usual quick announcement. As always... We are a spoiler zone podcast, so be warned that we will discuss the entire plot of Ray. All right, let's get started. For those of you who have listened to the first 32 episodes, we thank you for returning. For those of you who are listening for the very first time, we hope you enjoy the ride. So sit back and relax, but first, listen to these cool sounds provided by our musical curator, my bruh, DJ Chuck D. Ray Charles saw the world in ways no one could imagine. I hear like you see, like that hummingbird outside the window, for instance. I can't hear her. Do you hear that? A heart just gives to be. <laughs> Barriers no one thought possible. If you want me to do something special, I'm gonna need my own band. Okay, but you're gonna have to make it work, Ray. Yeah, well, I'm gonna make it do what it do, baby. <laughs> yeah. He played what no one else dared. Nobody's ever combined R and B and gospel before. You're turning God's music into sex. All of y'all going straight to hell. If all of y'all want me to keep playing, let me hear you say Amen. <laughs> He feels a risk because he figures that's the way to tell she's good looking or not. How are you feeling, Ray? Groovy, baby. You give your hand to me. All right, we are here. Welcome back. And today we are here to discuss. The 2004 film, I think, I'm pretty sure it's 2004, 
film Ray, uh, starring Jamie Foxx, Regina Key, um, and and many others. Um, this is actually again the uh, the second series in our film focusing on uh, Jamie Foxx, and I'm just gonna get right get get to it. Um, who would like to start things on off from kind of sharing? What you thought about this, whether it was your first experience or whether it was your experience rewatching it now, we'd like to kick things off. Um, yeah, so I think I saw it whenever it first came out, um, movie theaters back in 2004. Um, I had no idea who Ray Charles was. I was only like eight at the time. Um, and then I did know who Jamie Foxx was. Um, yeah, I mean... Guess first impressions, you know, I really liked the movie. Um, I think that Ray Charles acted his ass off in this. I mean, not Ray Charles, Jamie Foxx. You know, I I really liked his. I mean, I think that was a really good casting decision, whoever made it. Like, and I'm just looking at pictures online and just like Ray Charles. And I'm like, damn, like he really like (laughs) Jamie Foxx just looks like a young Ray Charles, like straight up. So, um, yeah, man, you know, I mean, I really liked his uh, portrayal. Um, So, you know, I didn't realize how much of like a direct parody Walk Hard um, (laughs) cock story was. Um, Because like, you know, I knew it was a parody of this, but like, you know, it's also, I think, things supposed to be kind of a parody of uh, Walk the Line uh, by Johnny Cash. But like, it's just, there's like, several scenes where it's just <laughs> they were directly making fun of shit and ray um fucking whenever Such he's detoxing, the blankets <laughs> whenever uh you know he like starts doing the drugs and shit um so you know, even I, like the, I have even to stop for a second stuff. malcolm just because like andre's over here like folding clothes trying to listen to this and is so confused by what you're talking about right now <laughs> and i feel like there might be some audience members at home that don't know what you're talking about either. Oh, so, really? Just a pause. Walk okay. hard by Dewey Cox? I mean, yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> we all love this movie, but I don't think in the broader like scope of movies that this movie is, is as well broadcast as it should be. So John C. Riley starred in Walk Hard, which is a parody of like uh, biopics, music biopics. And like you said, in particular... Ray and uh, uh, walk, walk, the line. walk the line, hilarious movie. Uh, it's kind of like, like Judd Apatow and that whole crew, and it stars all yeah. them. Is it Judd Apatow? I don't know. I feel like it's yeah. like by all them because it stars like all those that whole crew. I just I like it's a production, like a pro- it's produced by him, I think. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. And I it had Tim Meadows in it, and also uh, freaking. That was the baddest Pam from Office has ever looked. <laughs> 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 All right. Sorry, Malcolm. We, you, yeah, you, and then it's got John C. Riley in it, too. We can't, can't get, forget John C. Um, right, right. But yeah, um, I don't know. It's just, it was just cracking me up because honestly, I've probably seen uh, uh, do, uh, Walk Hard more times than I've seen Ray. <laughs> Like, in, in all honesty, I watch that. That's just like one of my comfort movies that I throw on like Step Brothers and shit, like all the time. Like, if I see it like on like one of the streaming sites, I'm like, yeah, let's run this. Um, I probably, like, this is probably my second time or third time maybe watching Ray all the way through. So, uh, you know, I thought it was good. I 
do feel like what was kind of weird to me. And I, before I say this, I would like to say, like, after rewatch, I think I might even like this more than like the Temptations uh, biopic. Um, like I put it like up there, like, and I'm kind of really critical, critical of biopics. Like I didn't really like, uh, the, uh, Freddie Mercury one, the, uh, you know, yeah. the one, um, you know what I'm talking about? The queen yeah, the one, queen one. Yeah, like, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody that much. And everybody like loved that one. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty critical on those and I really like this one, but at the same time, like upon rewatch. I feel like they kind of like yada yada shit at the end and kind of just wrap it up <laughs> so fast. Like after he like uh you know got through reha- uh, re- uh, rehab. Yeah. And so I don't I don't know. I like I, I think that they kind of had a smoother like transition out because again, yeah. I'll go back to walk hard. That shit might have been just as long. And I think that they did a really good job like wrapping that up at the end <laughs> and not rushing that. And I feel like this one was kind of rushed at the end. And they're just like, all right, and yeah, you got over a drug addict. You never did heroin again. And um, yeah, and that's Ray Charles. So yeah, all right. Those are my initial um, initial thoughts. That's hilarious. <laughs> and you can go next. Um, this came out when I was in college. And I remember there being a lot of hype about it and stuff. Uh, it was like the senior before my last year in college. And I remember seeing it. Um, I remember being blown away with it. I loved it at the time. Uh, everyone was expecting the the Jamie Foxx uh, performance. I think he was great in it, but I guess what I, what blew me away, and I enjoyed rewatching it, was just like the music. And it's like, hey, what's up, Ange? It's like I knew Ray Charles. I mean, he was alive, right? Like when I was younger, but it was like he'd be on Pepsi commercials. Like you know, you got the right one, baby. Diet Pepsi. So it's like we knew him, but he was just kind of like in the jingles and stuff. And I knew about like hit the road jack. That was like it, right? And what surprised me was like all this stuff that I was learning about him, how entertaining the movie was, that he was a savage. <laughs> yeah. And then all of his songs, right? And I'm like, oh wait, he was with Quincy. You know what I mean? Like, and just like all yeah. the like, so, like finding out the history. Then, like, not only, like, wait, Ray Charles is on heroin? Not only that, like, dang, Ray Charles was on heroin so much that he got caught twice publicly? What? <laughs> like, so it tripped me on out, and then, like, I just loved, and maybe I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but just, like, the music, dude. It's like, oh, man, wait, another hit? Another banger? And I feel like how they do, like, the scenes and kind of, like, build on up and stuff, so I loved it. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but again, yeah, I hold like the whole hype and I think it was well-deserved and Jamie Foxx won his performance. I mean, won an Oscar for it. Yeah, great. My opinion, I don't think, it's not my, I don't know if I want to say, in my opinion, it's not my favorite or dare I say, say, I think my, I think in my opinion, the best Jamie Foxx performance, in my opinion, because it's Jamie Foxx. I mean, it's a Ray Charles impersonation. I ain't hating and stuff. But I guess if I'm looking from the acting, right, acting, I don't know. Me personally, when I saw him in any given Sunday, especially how young he was and him being a stretch and a dramatic actor, I kind of like that a little bit more. Um, in some other films that we're going to be reviewing, I liked him in that. Um, and even we're not going to be discussing this, but uh, with Tom Cruise. Um 
take it. He's in a it's a Michael Mann movie. Um, anyways, this is not my favorite Jamie Foxx performance, and I think I think it's great. And again, it's great for him for, for him to win the uh, Oscar for this. But uh, I, I think I, I like oh, him who won an Oscar for this. Damn. Yeah, yeah dude. it was like huge because at that time you had Sidney Poitier. And then was it him? Denzel Washington. Oh, okay. That's it. Damn. Only two black guys <laughs> who won. Not even like, no, no, who won Best Actor. So you had some, you had, you had I think Morgan Freeman won Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. So you only had two actors at that time, black actors, who won Best Actor. And Jamie Foxx was a third. And, you know, since then, you've had Morgan Freeman and a few others. Um, I'm sorry, not Morgan Freeman, um, Forrest Whitaker and, and a few others. But uh, I was close on this, man. The rewatch was excellent, too. So I was camping. It was my first time camping. Uh, and this was kind of like I was like watching inside the tent. And I was like, I right, just fire this one up. And I was like, dude, this is freaking excellent. It's like so many bangers in it and stuff. So um, I. How were you streaming? Did you like download it in advance or something? I was in Stone Mountain Park, so my camping oh, was wasn't too far. Wi-Fi? <laughs> Damn, Wi-Fi and cable. I couldn't figure out the cable That's situation. Fine. I think that was for maybe for RVs, but yeah, I had I had Wi-Fi. Man, I had and I had an electric hookup. Then I had a space heater, bro. Um, <laughs> That's um, yeah, but the rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get ready for when we're gonna be doing some camping and uh. You know, some RV camping out west. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, I I very much enjoyed it on the rewatch, and I thought it was great on on uh, the original watch too. So, and I'm very glad that we decided to uh, talk about this. So, what about Jamie you? Jamie Fox is talented, man. Yeah, Jamie Fox. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, so you know, Jamie, I picked Jamie Fox for this uh, season, and I think this was definitely like the first movie that I would want to. You know, like this is like the movie for me. I think it is. I think it's definitely my favorite uh, uh, Jamie Foxx role. Um, I mean, yeah, dude, I remember seeing it in high school and it was kind of on some like sketch shit. Like I remember I had a girlfriend, uh, but there was this this black chick that I was into and I like took her on a date <laughs> to see <laughs> this, even though I had a girlfriend and I was like in the movie like I don't know. Ray's character was kind of like making me not feel as bad about it. Though I was like, "Oh, as bad as this dude." Yeah, and it's just like I had no idea. I just was blindsided with how like uh, dope uh, Ray Charles was. I think that that added like so one. It was like there's so many things. So Jamie Foxx's performance. I think Eddie. Whenever you say it was like an impersonation, I'm like. I feel like that's an understatement because he embodied this dude. He like made yeah. me feel like I was watching Ray Charles. Kind of like kind of like Denzel and Malcolm X. Yeah, dude. Like he he went in and like, yeah. Yeah, dude. And um, and then for the story to it's like similar to what you're saying. It's like, dude, I only knew Ray Charles from like Pepsi commercials and shit. And he just reminded me, honestly, like. He kind of gives me like granddad daddy Theodore vibes or something. Just like what a sweet, nice old man. Always happy. Always you know? smiling. So, yeah. So this whatever, like it went down this heroin path and him like <laughs> chicks. And I was like, and I'm like, and he's blind too. So I just never thought like 
I never was expect- expecting that, right? Like, uh, you never, you never know. It's like, uh oh, Ray's got another chick in the corner. Uh oh, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm like, yo, like this dude did well. He was like, I'm blind, but that don't mean shit. Like, I'm out here. I'm a rock. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, man. So that was a cool story. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, I think it's definitely one of my favorite biopics. I'm trying to think, like, what's I want to go back and watch the Temptations things. I've barely seen. I don't know, Malcolm. You and my love. Oh, I'll run that shit a bunch, dude. That's yeah. a where I want to. I haven't seen that honestly since it came out, like on VH1 years ago, or whatever. So uh, I went on that, t- like, on Tubi. Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's like for me, I think it does enhance like Walk Hard. <laughs> like <laughs> I was one thing. I was I was thinking about when I watched it. Too. I was like, man, I want to watch Walk Hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, dude. Uh, man, I don't know. This is a cool. It's like a great, just a great film. Um, yeah, probably, probably one of my top ten movies of all time for sure. Damn. Yeah, yeah, man. I love Ray. I like was like mm. now watching it. I mean, I guess that. And to your point, Malcolm. Like, yeah, I'm like this ending. Y'all just kind of like we're like, all right, we're wrapping it up now. Like. <laughs> <laughs> So I and saw I, him, like the real life story. First of all, him and O'Gal, Kerry Washington, they got divorced. Divorced. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they uh, back. Uh, yeah, like they got divorced like in the 70s. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Which, like, not too surprised there. And he ended up having 12 children. Oh my God. So they didn't even like go as like Ray Charles out here on that Nick Cannon. Right. That's the thing, too. It's like that's what I always say, like, Stevie Wonder loves him as an artist, but he would make for a dry-ass, like, biopic. Because I need some wild shit like this. And Stevie Wonder is just, like, I watched his documentary, like, a documentary about his life, and the saddest thing that happened was, like, his 90-year-old grandma died or something. Like, it's just, he's <laughs> clean. And, man, this dude was a savage. <laughs> Like, All right, now here's the way I'd pitch it. All right, <clears throat> you make Stevie's life like a um, unlimited series on Showtime or on Stars, right? It's a limited series, nine episodes, and it's primarily focused on young Stevie when he's at Motown and he's hanging out with the Jacksons and he's hanging out with Marvin Gaye and Barry Gordy, and so it's kind of like that, and then. And did you know, it's like maybe, yep, nine episodes. The first three episodes is him, young Stevie at Motown. And the next three episodes is him kind of like in the 70s, being a huge star. And then whatever. All right. I'll shut up. I like it. I like the pitch. I'd watch that. My bad, Theo. Do you have anything else to say about kind of like uh, your initial thoughts about it? Uh, or the rewatch? I mean, I mean, not that I won't say throughout so no i think i'm good yeah okay it was great all right well um maybe we'll kind of just start it off by just kind of discussing just favorite scenes and performances in particular uh so maybe just kind of discussing both um i can start unless anybody else would like to yeah no. all right were you waving your hand malcolm i was just saying go for it man okay dang it uh well if i want to say this actually i'm really going to say this I'm going to start off with a performance first. 
um, as opposed to a scene. And specifically, maybe it's the same one. Um, she's finally gotten her flowers now. Regina King. She's white famous now, right? I remember literally at the time of seeing. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think so. I, you know I don't know maybe. I don't think but so. I remember at the time of this, and when I saw Jerry Maguire, but even much more so when I saw this specifically in the scene when she's like hit the road jack. And like she's drinking and she's mad. It's like hit the road, Jack. And like just throughout it, I was just like, I remember in, I remember I was like, Regina King should get nominated for an Oscar for this. I remember in 2004, I was like, Jamie Foxx is doing great. He's gonna get nominated, but I was like, someone needs to talk about her performance. She is killing it, right? And one thing I at least I can say this: hey, in 2004, I didn't feel like she got them props, but. I feel like at least in the industry and with her getting a lot of roles since then, she got a recognition and she's gotten it. But this is this. And um, I would say maybe Jerry Maguire, like my two favorite Regina King performances, just because it's like a young Regina King. And I remember in Jerry Maguire, I was like, wow, she's electric. I feel like she really brought it in like both of those roles. And like, I don't know. It's, I just totally didn't expect it on both of those movies when I saw it and stuff. So um this is my favorite Regina King performance. It's tragic. And maybe I should have done a little bit more research and, and seen that. But let's try to assume right now that, like, that's 100% true on, like, the, the character that she played. And then she was a voice on Hit the Road, Jack. That's what kind of tripped me on out, too. I'm like, man, I've kind of always heard this song. And I've always just kind of it's just always been there in my life. It's kind of like the whole premise is like, dude, you ain't shit. Get out. And I'm like, wait. Is that really like the premise behind it? <laughs> That's like pretty much like Ray Charles' side chick. <laughs> and she was just like, hit the road, Jack. And then that was a hit. And then she left. And then they had a kid together. And then she had, died of heroin. I'm like, wow, that's tragic as hell. Wow. Uh, so that kind of tripped me on out. And I guess maybe that was like maybe my favorite scene. I guess I can't do two, but I am. But it's just like, I like how it was just like, it was a straight dramatic scene. And then they went straight into the song and it built on up. And then they went to like the club. I was just like, oh, wow. You know, yeah, what I mean? like, they, they, they did that twice too, because I feel like they did it with another song with like the ooh, ooh, uh, 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 mm. I don't know. It's just what I say. Um, I thought that was cool when they did that as well, too. When it was just like they'd show when like the, the song would like build on the oh, oh yeah. Maybe I'm cheap, but my other second favorite scene was too that that when uh, when they did what I'd say, which they kind of showed it was like, oh wait, we got 20 extra minutes. All right, let's go back on up there. And they went back up on the stage and just tried to create the song out of scratch and stuff. Uh, maybe what I say. So I don't know, man. I thought the music was freaking jamming, and it was so many songs that I was like, I never heard of this. What? This is a banger. And I literally remember getting the Ray Charles greatest hit CD and using that to study my senior year. <laughs> And that was like my first like listening CD that I bought uh, uh, when I was in college. So I don't know. Oh yeah, it's so Regina, Regina yeah. King's performance, and there's you know after y'all kind of college performances, I will kind of I think there's a lot of different. The cast was deep on this. There's a lot yeah. of people, especially in the beginning, where I'm like, whoa, whoa, which may give y'all opportunity, but I'll trip on out on how deep the cast was. Um, but yeah, man, the music and just like so many ways that we just kind of like historically, they'd like do this 
Sam, they'd be like, I don't know. I just I love the music and how they build it on up and it was jamming. So but specifically, I like to hit the road jack scene there too. I love this movie. What? <laughs> All right, what about Cash you, fellas? Um man, I mean, honestly, it, it, that's what I appreciate. It was like scene after scene would hit. Um yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, I I feel like any they they did a good job of dropping a lot of songs. So I guess two thing two songs that I like. I kind of like the way uh the we you're doing the mess around the uh whatever homies like, <laughs> do, do, like do, 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 booger like, from nerds. Yeah, yeah. Booger, right? Curtis like, Armstrong. Like I wrote it myself. Uh they got <laughs> and like and then like he just does a stride piano thing and then he's like, all right, I got it. I got it from here. And then like the shit the slapped. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then I the right to was like, oh, son, son, you wrote. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it hit. It hit. <laughs> round. Uh and then uh what is the other one where it was like they that song that they sang i'm blanking now but where it was like oh y'all ended 20 minutes early and he's just like oh i just gotta like that that was i referred to no that was um i think the ooh ooh oh oh what i'd say what i'd say yeah yeah um yeah both of those those scenes hit um man I don't know. Like, it, then there was just kind of some cool, like, I think a really touching scene, or just not even a touching scene. It was an intense scene. Whenever his like little brother dies, Anj was watching that, and she was like, "All right, I'm going upstairs. It's too dark for me right now." <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Like, in a <laughs> in out. a hot water. Like, good God. I hate like, that part. What? Um. Yeah, yeah. That's something that kind of trips me out a little bit. Like, you know how you say when we watch what I think "Don't Be a Menace" or scary movie, it's like, no, yeah, you're saying when we were talking about Boys in the Hood, you're like, man, "Don't Be a Menace" has messed this up for me. Yeah. Because now I don't know if Walk Hard has done this for me because it's <laughs> yeah. like I'm like yeah. it trips me on out how similar the Ray Charles story is to Johnny Cash's. I'm like, it's literally like the white and black version of each other. They grew up in the country. They, you know, I, f- I don't know. Wait, and I'm like, did Johnny Cash have a brother that died or not? I don't remember Walk. Uh, I don't remember that that one like that. But I do remember Walk Hard. Like, yeah, brother gets <laughs> his brother dad's like, yeah, so that's, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, so that's uh, maybe maybe I'm mixing up Walk Hard <laughs> with like the Johnny Cash story because I'm like, yeah. dang, Johnny Cash had a brother died. Ray Charles had a brother died. Like yeah. they live like the black and white version of each other. Yeah, nah, it did, but I think it was more Ray. <laughs> yeah, like, Johnny Cash because it was a white dude who played country, but it was Ray like story wise. I think yeah, you know what? Johnny Cash's uh kind of conflict was his dad. His right. dad was like pretty evil. Right, right. I kept like I I think that's the part that gets me confused. Like. I, I kept wanting in Ray for like him to walk into like a drug, I, I, uh, into like into a bathroom to be like, you don't want no parts of this, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, Tim Meadows, yeah. Hey, um, 
I don't know. And if and, and y'all watch uh, Poker Face, which I highly recommend on Peacock. But Tim Meadows was in the re- most recent episode, and he was great in it, man. Oh, I love me some Tim Meadows. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. So I listed like three of my favorite scenes. Malcolm, come on, bro. Yeah, come with it. What 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 what's uh, what's your favorite scene? Um. Oh yeah, my favorite scene. It was what Eddie said too. Whenever they're doing the uh, the build up uh, for uh, hit the road, Jack. Um, you know, I thought that that was um, pretty hype. I mean, so you guys kind of called out the scene, so I kind of focused on like my like uh, breakout actor um, in this. So mine was uh, Sharon Warren, which was the lady that played Ray's mom. I thought that she had a really solid performance um as well and uh i mean i don't know if she like landed other shit after this but she killed it in this role kind of not being like really one of the one of the more noteworthy actors like i think she was killing it um and also the little boy that played uh young ray charles cj uh standards um you know i thought he did his thing too so those were like my like breakout stars there's some people that i didn't really know about that i think you know kind of did their thing in this like i honestly think that uh Sharon Warren had like the second best performance after uh Jamie Foxx. So see, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know if I'm gonna sound evil about this, but it's just like I love this movie. But man, it's like in like a man a span of like 15 minutes, he goes from him tragically watching his brother die, and then they're like, Bet, now you're gonna go blind. Yeah, <laughs> child. <laughs> Oh my god, man. I mean, it helps build like you know that yeah. tragedy and stuff, man. But it's like it's a real good vibe besides those like 15 minutes yeah. right there, man. It's like, yeah. man, it's like right after this, now we're gonna look, now you're gonna go blind as a little child. Like, god, yo, um, so it's kind of hard left on this, but I want to know what y'all think. Like, with Jamie Foxx, he's a really good singer, like. On Gold Digger, I always thought that that was like a sound bite, like from Ray Charles, but then it's actually Jamie Foxx that's singing in it. Uh-huh. In this movie, like, do you think it was just Jamie Foxx singing for the most part, or it was like actually just Ray Charles, like, you know, its voice um, over, you know, um, Jamie Foxx, like, lip singing? I think Jamie Foxx was singing, but I think if you ask me, I feel yeah. like what you're actually hearing in the final mix is like Ray Charles with, with Jamie, but I think like when it's actually... Oh, it's like a mix. He's actually singing, right? But like in final mix, you obviously got Ray Charles over it, but I think that was probably like a a, a benefit of it that he can actually naturally sing and stuff. So you yeah. can get his natural voice, but then you can also mix in the Ray Charles of it. What do you think, Theo? Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I, I figured, I mean... They're definitely mixing in Ray Charles's voice. Maybe they might. It might just be like, all right, Jamie, sing just so it doesn't look fake, like you're mouthing shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Replacing his voice, like if that. I don't see why they would keep Jamie in there at all. Like <laughs> if they could just like uh, have the actual make make it look and sound like real, real red. Dude, something that's so cool and so small and subtle. So like if you listen on like the album version on the recorded version of that song, what I'd say, ooh, you know, so when it starts off in the movie, <clears throat> he starts singing for a split second and the microphone is the other way. 
So he says the first song, he says like the first word and then he turns it over and then you start hearing him and stuff. Yeah. It's actually like that in the recording. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like the first word, it's like, what are about the real I know and stuff. And I'm like, wow, they actually incorporated that into the movie that like you don't hear his first word because he's blind. He didn't know. So he starts, yeah. he's like, doo, doo, doo. oh, wait, blah, 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 blah. And he would do it like that. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. So it's actually in the recording. Like he misses the first word. And I think that would happen sometimes naturally because he's blind. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I don't know. He, I forgot. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. But <laughs> another one I thought was kind of cool, which was, again, I feel like I never heard this song and immediately it was a banger. And I thought narratively, it was so great how they incorporated it to the movie. All right, he meets his future wife, Carrie Washington. They hit it off. And then what's he do? Well, I got a woman. Don't, don't, don't. Straight over town. That's good for me. And I'm like, wait, that is so like narratively perfect. And that's a banger. You know what I mean? And I never heard that. I was like, what? They, they dropped they they dropped like i don't know i thought it was cool that they one. dropped in i guess that like he was making the secular versions of like or the non-secular version he was making the, no, the secular versions yeah you're doing the yeah. devil's talk the devil's music yeah. to jesus the gospel right. but i don't know gospel songs enough to have realized that so at first, like i feel like it took me a couple of times seeing it to understand like what they were talking about you know i still don't understand what they're talking about yeah i think like that's the thing is like yeah because you know carrie washington's like that's that's sin in me you know what i mean that's it's sacrilegious like all i guess like he was literally just changing the lyrics to gospel songs and making them (laughs) about like everyday things and which is also kind of like confusing because she was like carrie washington was like find your voice you need to find your voice and he was like i found my voice and finding his voice was just like ripping <laughs> off gospel songs <laughs> like that was kind of what he was doing already when he was just, like mimicking- <laughs> it was pretty much stop singing that king cole songs bro he was like right oh. <laughs> and just <laughs> gospel songs i'm like uh all right that seems kind of lazy but all right whatever um, so speaking of Carrie Washington, bruh. So I feel like she was in a few things before this, but for me, for Eddie Hollingsworth from 2004, that was my first time kind of noticing who she was, and I was like, "Wow, Ray, you better, you better, you better wife her up." <laughs> I thought she was bad, but then immediately I was like, "Dude, like, she, oh man, <laughs> Ray's again. Ray was tricking off on her, man." <laughs> He was doing way too much. Did this come out before or after uh, She Hate Me? I think it came out. Yeah, I think it came out uh, after She Hate Me. Oh, okay. They both came out. She Hate Me. Oh, she was in that. Yeah. I Yeah, I disagree. Honestly, like, she's pretty in this. But, like, I think what really got her on my radar was I Think I Love My Wife. Yeah, for her being like the vixen in that. Yeah, yeah. She, with a capital V. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the cast again, um, was there anybody else? I mean, that you wanted to highlight, uh, Malcolm, or on the cast, or a scene? Oh, just fun fact. Did you know that yeah. Lorenz Tate and uh, 
Rashida Jones were uh, dating at the time of this uh, movie? No. That's cool. No, I'm just making that shit up. Oh, okay. I'm like, ah, that's <laughs> that'd be hell that's, like, that's like a very specific lie to him. So was was Rashida Jones even affiliated? Lorenz Loren- Tate was playing Quincy Jones. Uh, oh, oh wow, that would yeah. Been. It's like I could kind of see it because they're you know they were in the same age. age too. Yeah, I could kind of. Wow, see it. you like researched this lie. You should have just. Feel <laughs> said you researched it. So I thought that was kind of BS. Honestly, when I first saw the movie, I was like, Ray Charles gets off a bus, and Quincy Jones just happens to be there. Now I don't think it happened exactly <laughs> like that, but they did like. <laughs> No, it did trip me out though. Like they did know each other like way back and stuff, like before they blew up and stuff. So I think that's pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they kind of incorporated that in there. That's what yeah. I want to see. No, like, I mean, I- some of the things that like that. That's why I, I don't know. And sometimes it's like it was obvious that it was like, all right, this is just for like dramatic storytelling purposes. And that's why, honestly, like the hit the road jack scene that y'all like so much, I'm kind of like, mm, all right, this is <laughs> this is a little far fetched here. You mean to tell me they're in the middle of fighting and then they were like, read this? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. He was. I mean, he kind of was like had that game like with a lot of chicks the entire <laughs> stuff, man. See, you know, so you know who I feel like I forgot. Like, I, I feel like what I I, I totally forgot about. Anjanae Ellis, her character. I remember that he had his wife. I remember Regina King, the oh, the, right. the road jack chick. I forgot he. Oh, I think the the, the, the uh, character or the the she was playing Marianne Fisher, but yeah. um, Anjanae Ellis. You know, she, I don't know if you remember her, uh, Malcolm. Me, I primarily remember her from being in um, Soul Brother. <laughs> uh, Soul. But, Oh wait, but, no, undercover brother. Yeah, undercover brother. But she was in King Richard most recently. Oh, okay. Um, but and I she like, was in uh Lovecraft Country. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, so it's like I'm glad to see her in a lot of stuff. So um sound great, but dude, like she went from being kind of like super bad, like vixen in a bunch of shit. Like, that's all I knew her. I was like, she's bad. Like to like be like somebody anti like like real, there was like no <laughs> transition it was just like like Dude, I was like she was she was like badness man like, right bad right and <laughs> an undercover brother you know what I mean I'd be like dang and then like I saw her in Lovecraft Country and I was like oh yeah like she's I mean yeah I don't know you know she just she aged like an anti like a uh, you know she's a little uh, so Bokeem Woodbine, uh, uh, is <laughs> Every time I, him now, I feel like there's a generation of white people that just assume that's Dave Chappelle. <laughs> like I know <laughs> that are going to see this movie the first time, and be like, "That's Dave Chappelle," and I can't even be mad at them because they look and <laughs> sound so much alike. <laughs> uh, Clifton Powell uh, is kind of like his his homeboy, his his sidekick. So do you know his son <laughs> is dating uh Molly Obama? What? Wait, yeah. who's so uh, Clifton Powell's son is? Is or dating is Malia. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Harry Lennox. So the light skinned dude from Five Heartbeats. Wait, can we go back to Clifton Powell real quick? Yeah. 
All right. So yeah. this character, Jeff Brown. Yeah, good let's dude. discuss. Yeah, let's discuss. Good dude, right? Looking out for Ray the whole time. But his like last scene, they kind of made him look like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we're gonna get you as one day, brave bitch. About to cry and leave. I'm like, bro, I gotta be honest. Brought him back. Ray never got his. Like, I'm just like, I don't want to. Like, here's my whole. And, all right, so I think one of two things happened with that. I think that either one, the character Jeff Brown, or the character that Clifton Powell played, I feel like he was either a good part of this like movie part making process and was like, look. I need to tell my story. Here's how we met. And I told him about my time in the war. And then here's how he he did me wrong and squeezed <laughs> me on out, right? right? So I think it's either one, and he was trying to get his story on out there, but then now you kind of like, you look like an idiot. Maybe the other thing is this. Maybe the real tr- truth of the fact is Ray actually kind of did that character really, really dirty, and they didn't really show how it is and stuff. And mm. you know what I mean? Because yeah. I gotta be honest, at that kind of time frame, it kind of did seem shady how, how Ray was kind of doing him and squeezing him on out and stuff, but who knows what was going on, but I bet you like in reality, Ray did kind of squeeze him on out and it was kind of way dirtier than that, kind of like on some like uh, social network type stuff. Um, Yo, you know what was kind of weird to me that dude, Harry Lennox, uh, the other manager that they brought in, yeah. I think mm-hmm. they kept foreshadowing that he was like evil or going to do something bad. And like he never did. Yeah, you're right. That that's what I feel like the dude, Jeff Brown, Clifton Powell, I feel like he was like a part of the production team. Which he kind of be like, yeah, that asshole. He needs like the asshole. <laughs> He's a bad guy. He cut me out. And then you know what? After that, Let's just have another like scene of Ray at, at the pool and then end the movie because it pretty much <laughs> ended there. Once he cut me out, I mean, he just filmed Pepsi commercials. Yeah, something hey, dude, like, you right. know that Ray was only 73 years old when he passed. You're right. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, yo, he would, I mean, he looked old. I was like, yo, don't live in failure, living that life. Look, you're living yeah. that life. I mean, I don't say this, but it's like. If you got busted with heroin twice, like you was doing a lot. <laughs> all that being said, who knows how to be on that discreet when you're blind? Like <laughs> the, the crazy thing was, like when I saw him in Pepsi commercials in the '90s, he looked hella old. So and he was only like in his fifties, right? <laughs> Like, wait, wow, yeah, dude. I was, I was like, he got it, he was only 73. I really thought I was like, honestly, I was like, at least 80, at least 80, right? right? (laughs) Wow, another, you know, what, another character that, um, it's like Ray Charles's agent or whatever, Milt Shaw, the the Jewish dude, yeah, David, David Crumholtz, who's like in everything. I like, him from, I, I like it from Adam's family, specifically uh, Adam's family. And values. that's what and that's what's all right. That's what's tripping me out about this movie. <laughs> One, this movie came out in 2004, so it is 19 years old. Damn, they're 20 years old. And what and what's crazy to me is that 20 years ago, David Krumholtz was playing <laughs> adult roles. What's but his I age? still associate <laughs> David Krumholtz as a child actor. He was like <laughs> The Santa Claus 2 
Yeah. Came out in 2002. And he was like a child elf in that. I'm like, he might be ageless, dude. I'm, it, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I love, every time I see that dude, I love him. Adam's family values is shit. Or wait. Uh, what is yeah, Adam's family values. Yep. Okay, yeah. That's, that's my Wednesday. Right. He's a Richie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, again, the rent, I don't, I feel like Terrence Howard, random. And wasn't he pretty like a big star at that time when he was in it? Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in this. Yeah. It was random as heck. Oh, uh, yeah. The movie. Like, and obviously being an asshole. Right. I'm saying he's the most tight cast person ever. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, that's exactly the role you should be playing. Yep. Um, Wendell Pierce. I'm not like he's a big star, but you know who Wendell Pierce is? From yeah. the wire. Bump he's from the like, wire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's not a big star, but I was like, dang, Wendell Pierce is in this randomly for, like, two scenes. What about um, your boy? Wait, what about yeah. your boy from Willow? <laughs> Warwick Davis! <laughs> like, random. Yeah. Get, yeah no, no, no. What about Warwick Davis introducing him to marijuana? <laughs> that right. <a> slippery slope? <laughs> dude, dude, at, like, at the five-minute mark... <laughs> Ray Charles doesn't know what marijuana is because <laughs> he gets slipped it by I was uh by a, a little person and you then, about to say elf, bro. You no, about to say did, elf. <laughs> no, and then at the twenty five minute mark, he on heroin. Right, right. <laughs> Yo, that's, that's the one thing about I don't even know. Like as I'm watching it more, I'm just like the pacing was all over the place because I feel like they spent a lot of time with him inside of that weird. Like juke joint, and yeah. Howard and that lady who forced him to have sex. Like, hey, I got some yeah. on this blackberry cobbler for you, baby. <laughs> like, that was easily like 20, 25 minutes of the movie, but then like then they ran out of time because by the end they're like, uh, we just gotta get him out of out of uh drug addiction, out of rehab, and then just put credits on because there's no more time. And I'm like, that could have shaved off. He didn't need to know that he used to have sex with like one of his managers, but you know what I mean? Like that wasn't a, a necessary plot point. <laughs> you know, I thought I thought that was pretty cool though. I mean, yeah, good point. All right, I hear you. You know, some of the pacing and how they went over it from the story turn. I give you that. But you know what? It was a biopic, and you know what? It was a musical biopic. And you know what I want? I want to hear some good songs. Yeah. Maybe learn a little something and then kind of be entertained. And uh, maybe to some of those, as Steel, as Malcolm brought up, you know what I hate with a biopic is when it's like, dang, give me the songs I want to hear. And they doing a little bit of like the dryness and it's like giving me on the storyline that I don't really care about. I hate those mm-hmm. biopics. I'm like, just give me, give me a little bit of a little, a few, a few bit of talking entertain me, but then I want, I want a song. I want a song and I want to mm-hmm. keep it going and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this would kind of surprise me. And I feel like with Bohemian Rhapsody, Maybe that's something you didn't like about Malcolm. I feel like they had a little few times when I'm like, all right, I need a song. (laughs) And all right, on a broad tip, I don't want to get this, but I almost kind of felt like with Bohemian Rhapsody and the Elton John story, I don't want to go broadly, but same one was kind of like the same story to me too, though, man. (laughs) It was like a dude in Britain grows up. And he becomes a rock star, and then he realizes he's gay, and it's in the <laughs> 70s and 80s. I'm like, 
<laughs> like it's the same story how pretty much i don't know I'm, i guess i'm being kind of broad about that but i'm like <laughs> and different songs but um all right well uh yeah so those are some of the different uh scenes and again a lot of different scenes a lot of different characters it was pretty deep with it um Maybe kind of transition out. I don't know. I just kind of shot this out today. But are there any other? I think we all like this. Are there any other biopics or um, artists that you think you'd like to see this treatment for um, in the similar fashion with having the songs, having the authentic songs? And, you, you know, either they've had a biopic, you don't feel it was that good or one that you feel like you think you see a good treatment on. Um, who'd like to start? Yeah, I want to see. Mine's real quick. It's short. So I want to see. Eddie Murphy and a Stevie Wonder biopic. Um. Oh, like, yeah. Only we are, yeah. But like, like, like Eddie said, like the young stuff is what what would be cool to see about Stevie Wonder too. And it's like you can't have Eddie Murphy playing like ten year old Stevie Wonder. But I could see <laughs> definitely play like older Stevie Wonder for sure. Man, that'd be great. That'd be good. So, all right, I'm doing mine purely. Actually, it's really inspired by this, right? I really am interested in seeing the Bobby Womack biopic. And here's why. Honest, I mean, I've heard a couple of Bobby Womack songs. I don't know his library. I don't know his library <clears throat> like that. Maybe he's got some good stuff in it. But the reason I want to see his biopic is because he... Ups the savage ante. All right. Oh, for real? All right. So get this, right? Bobby Womack's uh like mentor and former bandmate was Sam Cook, right? Mm-hmm. So like within like 20, like within 30 days of his funeral, he was he came went to the funeral with like Bobby Womack's, I mean with uh Sam Cook's wife, right? So he ended up hooking up with like his mentor's wife and went to the funeral wearing his suit, wearing uh uh whatchamacallit suit, Sam Cook's like yeah. suit to the funeral with his lady, right? And then the, and then he ended up having like him after getting married with like uh Sam Cook's uh uh wife or whatever, like he Widow. proceeded to like cheat on her. With Sam Cooke and her daughter. Oh, damn. <laughs> and, and she, yeah, and he got caught, right? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah, so I, that's, I kind of want to see more for the drama. I'm sure there'll be a couple of cool bangers in there. I'm sure I'll learn a couple of things, but dude, <laughs> this dude is a sad. <laughs> that was bangers caught across 110th Street. That's my Bobby Womack song. Across Right, right. Uh, yeah. So that would be that's the biopic I want to (laughs) watch. Horrible dude, savage anti man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, my two. I don't know who I'd want it played by. Um, I want to see a Marvin Gaye treatment, man. And I want to see the movie. The tough thing with him though, it's just like I think, you know, I don't know. I think I think his family's kind of tight on the rights. I mean, obviously, especially with like that story and his tragic ending. You know, what I, mean? I don't think they really want to put it on out there, but I think the Marvin Gaye story to see it like done the right way this way. I mean, <clears throat> just from like his his family background is interesting. 
how he came up, how he became a star, him getting married into the Gordy family, which is a whole thing of its own, and then him divorcing. And then, like, you know, you have, like, I feel like, you you know, I like how you got the Beatles. You got, like, the young Beatles, and then you got psychedelic Beatles. I feel like you have, like, two different Marvin Gays. You got, like, young, clean-shaven Marvin Gay. I heard it through the grapevine. And then you kind of have, like, 70s soul Marvin Gay, right? And then you got later old freaky Marvin Gay and stuff, right? Druggy. Is not a Marvin Gay biopic? What? Not a good one, no. And then like, and also, I, you know, I, I want the, I want the songs. I want the music too, right? You got a catalog, so if if he ain't give me the songs in the catalog, then, but then, and then, and I hate to say it, his tragic ending, getting killed by his yeah, father, right? Getting killed by his father. Oh, and then another small thing we may not know too, like, um, Tammy Terrell. So it's like, yep, ain't no mountain high enough. Yeah, ain't no. So like, it was a duo. Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, they fell in love and she died of an aneurysm in, in her hands. So it's oh. just like, it's like, it's, 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 I feel like one time when we were on a long road trip, dad or mom were like listening to like an audio book of like his, his story. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then this, in the music, right? So it's kind of like Temptations. Yeah. And he was there with the Marvin Gaye people. Um, yeah. yeah and it's like, right. it's like, man. And it's like, he's chilling. Then it's like, think about it. He's chilling. He's like, oh, yeah. Hey, little Michael Jackson. <laughs> Hey Stevie, yo, what up, Smokey? <laughs> Diana, yo, like Diana Ross, you a freak. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the last one, I don't know, this is kind of a stretch, but I've been seeing her. Um, and y'all know who Jasmine Sullivan is? Yeah, yeah. So at the Grammys, she was wearing an outfit where she looked very much like Phyllis Hyman. I don't know if y'all know who Phyllis Hyman is, but in school days, she's the light-skinned woman that's singing during the homecoming pageant. And my and dad really liked Phyllis Hyman. Phyllis Hyman was an R&B singer in the late 80s. So she's really not that famous. But again, she was a, uh, an artist. <clears throat> and she, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was bipolar or schizophrenia. But she had mental health issues and committed suicide. Um, And so Jasmine Sullivan, I think, looks like her. And kind of like has it, has it, has it, it's kind of like a whole like Jennifer Hudson, like, like, Hey, you'd be perfect for playing Aretha Franklin. Well, like Jasmine Sullivan, when she had an outfit on, everyone was like on Twitter, like, man, she should be great for playing Phyllis Hyman. And again, it's like, I remember my dad knew about it. You know, it's a tragic ending. And then, I don't know, I feel like it'd be cool if this was me. I'd be like, if I was kind of producing the biopic, I'd be like, cool. Now we're going to have a scene when she's at school days. <laughs> and we're gonna have like we're gonna have like we're gonna devote 15 minutes of the movie up to when she's on set of school days. And then I want to show, I don't know, it's like a young Spike Lee and a whole bunch of all that. So I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool showing that. So those are the two. But yeah, the Marvin Gaye and the Phyllis Hyman one. That's real. Um, you maybe you got me thinking. Because actually, there's a lot they could be doing. Donny Hathaway. Oh my god. Dude, no, it didn't. A sink like oh good ass. Well, you know, come on, tell me like your connection. I got a connection. He went to Howard. He went to Howard, and he did like duets with another uh, Roberta Flack. Roberta Flack, yeah. Um, And his story is tragic. Honestly, I mean, I guess all the best ones would be tragedies, but I, I, I just love Otis Redding, and he, I mean, his, I mean, and also he, he's like one of the like, I think he died dumb young, right? And was like, yeah. Sam Club. Dude, huh? you got you got Sam Cook too. Right. 
Yeah. Sam Cook, man, kind of not that good of a guy, though. <laughs> I mean, if Bobby, I mean, yeah, Sam Cook, do you, do you know how the circumstances under how he died? Yeah, I thought it, was, he wasn't the uh, asphyxiation. Wait, he, uh, he was doing some sex shit, right? Yeah, nah, pretty he much was, he was like, it was like a hooker and like he was sleeping with like a white woman and then they, they killed him and they kind of set him on up and stuff. Oh. And then nobody got charged with it. That why is he bad in that situation? Oh no, he was like, okay, well, he was married and he he was always sleeping with women, and then he was sleeping with women and he was married, and then mm-hmm. um he was black and he was sleeping with a white woman, and then the white dudes killed him, and then no one got convicted of it. Oh. So it's just kind of like very, very messy. Oh. Let's kill. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's all sad. But I mean, like, that's the thing. I'm like, I kind of want something with some like, gotta have some drama in it. Like this race shit. Got me anyway, you gotta say, yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, you want to see the uplifting ones and stuff too. But you just said it to the to the Stevie Wonder point, right? It's like, dang, I didn't think about that. It's like I want to see some. I don't say conflict, but you need some story. You need drama. some conflict. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, we almost saw it on the holiday break, but I think I'm definitely going to see it when it comes on demand. That Whitney movie, because I think they got the good. Oh, right. If they have her songs in it, have any of y'all seen the Whitney movie? No, that's why I don't want to see it. It like it feels like if it were good, people would have been talking. Like I would have been <laughs> to see it by now, and yeah. I have not anybody. I don't know anybody who's seen that movie. Yeah, good call. Good call. Well, uh, <clears throat> all right, so we discussed biopics. Maybe we'll kind of get to the point of wrapping it on up. Um, I'm going to start off. I'm going to be too easy. I am two thumbs up, two thumbs way up with this. I think this is a great movie. I think this is just a, a great, excellent, you know, it was written and directed by Taylor Hackford. Uh, I'm not too familiar with his stuff, but from Jamie Foxx's Oscar-winning performance to the excellent cast, the excellent performances in the cast, um, even to like, you know, you said that one, the, the, the one who played his mom, right. Haven't seen her in much before. Haven't seen her in much after this, but I do agree with you, Malcolm. Like she brought it though. And mm-hmm. what she had to, um, the music, um, Ray Charles was very, not very involved. Ray Charles was involved with making this. He unfortunately passed away as we said at 73, um, due to liver failure. Um, he did get to witness the first screening of it. So, um, but he passed oh, away. Nice. Yeah, he witnessed the first screening of it. And you can see a lot of behind the scenes. Like Jamie Foxx and Ray Charles were very um connected with each other during the filming with of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be really cool, especially I kind of liked young Ray a lot too, before he was kind of like um all smacked out on heroin, right? I like it when sometimes when folks would like try to check him and he'd like do like a quick joke back sometimes, like on the slide, like when the guy's like the white dude was like, you sure you blind, boy? He was like, yeah, last time I checked. <laughs> what about him, like, straight up at the beginning, like, lying about being a World yeah. War II veteran? <laughs> I remember the first time watching that, being like, oh, man. Ray Charles fought in World War II. He, was- <laughs> <laughs> he stole out Normandy. Okay, dude, right? And then I was like, oh, no. He was <laughs> he just lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I-, I love the movie. Again, performances, movie, uh, um, um, I learned a lot about from it 
and uh, made me proud. And actually, it kind of made me start digging in deep. And uh, last thing, I'll just say this. is This really introduced me um, to, like, Ray Charles and then getting to listening to Stevie Wonder consistently, listening to James Brown consistently. And I would say a mixture between this and the college dropout coming around the same time made me very, very much dig- introduce me to Aretha Franklin. So it was just kind of like, I was like, man, and, and just, just like James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, I, it just was like, whoa, that laid a lot of foundation for a lot of the hip hop songs and R&B songs that I hear right now. So I, I just love this movie. Two thumbs way up. What about you, fellas? I give it two thumbs up, man. It was a banger. I loved it. Uh, I yeah, two thumbs up. Um, yeah, I I mean, yeah, like I said, like one of the best uh biopics that I I've I've seen. Really great music, um, amazing acting, um, yeah. I don't know, like, and even kind of like. You, one thing I didn't touch on was I really appreciated there. I, I like, th- so the flashbacks where you get it, like, you know, you see him as a kid and stuff like a couple of those times I was like, all right, I'm kind of over the scene. You know what I mean? Like the mom actress, I don't know. I don't, she's not my favorite character in it. I feel like it's a little overplayed, but what I did appreciate that was consistent was like, uh, Jamie or Ray Charles like reaching down for some shit and like touching water like that was like lightweight scary to me like whenever yeah. I, first saw it, I was like oh what is this like and then, you know, <laughs> like and him like grabbing like for a dead hand or some shit I was like oh my god this is scary uh um, <laughs> so, like I say that to say I think that they from it was really some cool directing just, um it was not yeah like I feel like in some ways it was an innovative um biopic you know like there's kind of formulaic like you know r&b biopic kind of style and they did do some of that but then they found ways to get outside of like a box and and do something different so just great directing great acting great music great story um so two thumbs two thumbs up and you heard about this madonna biopic that's coming out um yeah i think oh you know Oh, you know who's playing her? Uh, the chick from Ozark. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, Ruthie. Yeah. I think that's probably. I don't know. I think that'd be good for young Madonna. I could see. I could see her pulling off '80s Madonna real well. Yeah, I know. I kind of wanted to be Lady Gaga too, but <laughs> I bet Lady Gaga would be like. That's too on the nose. <laughs> I look forward to Lady Gaga's performance in um. This new Joker movie coming out. Yeah, she'll probably kill it. Yeah, she's going to be playing um, Harley Quinn. All right, fellas. So we'll kind of wrap it up in this portion. Um, Why don't we kind of bring this to a quick break, going to the music, and then we're going to come back after this quick music break. And uh, I'm going to break down the career and film of Miss Carrie Washington. So thanks so much, fellas. And... um, Talk to you guys again when we get back.
You got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now you go ahead and play. I'ma close these drapes. I don't want no neighbors looking in. Well, I got a walk way over town. It's good to me. Music and it is. It, 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 devil music, evil music. You think, you think I'm evil, B? Look, I, I've been I've been performing gospel and blues all my life. It's who I am. And if I'm gonna do my own thing, I, I gotta be natural, right? I'm singing about my feelings for you, but how I love you. What could be more natural than that, huh, B? to this podcast segment. On this segment, in this episode, we'd like to talk about entry points uh, for people of color into the entertainment industry. And on this episode, we're going to focus on the iconic actor, producer, and activist, Kerry Washington. She was born on January 31st, 1977 in the Bronx, New York. Kerry Washington has become a prominent figure in the entertainment industry. And in this segment, we'll discuss her early life her journey to stardom, and some interesting facts about her career. Her mother, Valerie, was a professor and her father, Earl, was a real estate broker. Growing up, Carrie was interested in performing arts and often participated in school plays. She later attended George Washington University, where she studied anthropology and sociology before pursuing acting. Carrie Washington broke into the entertainment industry by getting her Screen Actors Grill, SAG, card, as a requirement for a commercial that she starred in. She made her screen debut in the ABC telefilm Magical Makeover and went on to appear in several movies, including Save the Last Dance and The Human Stain. In 2002, she played Chris Rock's love interest in the spy thriller Bad Company, a film that represented a turning point for her career. Kerry Washington's breakout role came in the 2000 film, four film, Ray, where she played Ray Charles' wife, Della B. Robinson, alongside Jamie Foxx. The film was a critical and commercial success and earned Carrie her first Screen Actors Guild Award nomination. She went on to star in other successful films such as The Last King of Scotland, Django Unchained, and Confirmation. Carrie Washington is also known for her role as Olivia Pope in the hit TV series Scandal. The show was a cultural phenomenon and Carrie's portrayal of a of a strong and powerful black woman earned her widespread acclaim and multiple award nominations. In addition to her successful acting career, Kerry Washington is also a producer and an activist. She is a founding member of Times Up, an organization that aims to combat sexual harassment and equality in the workplace. She is also an ambassador for Allstate's 
Foundation's Purple Purse program, which helps survivors of domestic violence. She's also most recently starring in the Hulu show Unprisoned with Delroy Lundell. Well, that's all for today's segment on Carrie Washington. We hope you learned and joined about her life, her journey to stardom, and some interesting facts about her career. With her impressive filmography, acclaimed TV performances, and advocacy work, Carrie Washington is, ta- is a talented and influential entertainment artist of, of our time. Thank you for tuning into this episode. And don't forget to check out our next episode where we're diving into the in- interesting lives and careers of other people of color in the entertainment industry. Thanks so much. Talk to y'all next week.